as businesses and governments become more digital, this puts the onus on data centers, regardless of who owns and operates these, to provide the computing, data, storage, and connectivity resources to deliver the promises of digital and a connected economy. Now, according to Knight Frank Research, the APEC data center market saw a growth of 24% in 2021 with an increase of 185 megawatt of new capacity across the region in the last quarter and about 1.5 gigawatts for this year, with Singapore lifting its two-year moratorium on building data centers and sustainability becoming an even greater issue for businesses around the region. How will new data center build-outs impact the environment? Just as important, how can CFOs help address sustainability objectives as part of their overall ESG initiatives? In this pod chats for future CFO, we are joined by Mr. Nelson Lim, Group CFO for ST Telemedia Global Data Centers, to talk to us about STTGDCs and how it is addressing calls for greater emphasis on sustainability in the drive for growth. Nelson, welcome to Podchats for Future CFO. Good morning, Alan. Thank you for having me. Before we go into our topic proper, perhaps you can give us a quick introduction of ST Telemedia in the context of its GDC business. Sure, Alan. So my name is Nelson Lim. I'm the uh, Group CFO for STT Telemedia Global Data Centers, which is a Singapore headquarters group formed in 2014. In a very short span of time, we are one of the fast growing data center providers with a collective portfolio now of 170 data centers across nine markets. So what do we do, Alan? So I think essentially we provide scalable end-to-end data centers solutions, support services, and cloud infrastructure solution. So in STT GTC, we believe that the quality of our uh, collective digital future really depends on access to data. And I, in your opening, you talk about the growth that we see, which is what we are experiencing in our business as well. So as one of the fastest growing data centers providers, beside making sure sure that you know we, we power digital future we want to make sure that it is a sustainable digital future and also to provide that strong foundation for our customers to realize their vision for a smarter and more sustainable digital future how do you see the role of the cfo driving the success of their company's esg initiatives I really see the role of a CFO is a key enabler, Alan, uh, for the success of companies' ESG initiative, and ever more so now with heightened ESG focus and risk. In terms of heightened ESG focus, I think it's very much reiterated in a very recent Bain and Company report that basically stated that you know more than 78% of global investors are now saying that they are placing a lot of emphasis on ESG than five years ago, and 65% of them believe that ESG will be become a standard practice over the next five years. And if you look at from a risk standpoint, so McKinsey and company in a very recent 2022 global energy perspective report talks about, you know, the power consumption is going to triple by 2050 as digital economy living standard grows. So the kind of unprecedented challenges, you know, currently faced by global energy market, including the conflict in Ukraine, basically accelerate the need for corporate to critically move towards low carbon energy solution. I think in a nutshell, really, I think, Alan, is uh, ESG agenda is uh, moving very quickly to a must-have from a nice-to-have. And CFO must charter the ESG agenda for the business to stay relevant and grow. And I can share with you some specific of what CFO and my finance function is pushing in terms of the uh, agenda. I think starting with the first one, if you look at from a strategy and budgeting perspective, CFO and finance plays a very crucial part in formulating the strategy 
strategy. So I think for SCT GDC, we issued our inaugural ESG report in November 21st and committed to be carbon neutral by 2030. And that's a very bold and ambitious uh, statement. But I think that is made through very careful planning. CFOs involved with key management together with our board to establish a ambitious strategy, identifying clear targets and allocating budget to make sure that you are essentially putting resources behind a initiative that is truly believed in. The second example would be on sustainability financing. So STT GDC, we very recently issued our SLFF, which stands for Sustainability Link Financing Framework. This framework again reiterates our commitment to ESG, basically linking our financing strategy to be aligned with our ESG targets. And for that, we even take a step further by engaging a sustainability, which is a renowned second party opinion in this field, to make sure that the review of framework and give an opinion in terms of whether the target, the KPS that we have selected, are they ambitious? And whether the target that we have put in, are they also ambitious, right? So this is essentially that, that third party lens in looking at it. And if I could, you know, go on in terms of like, what are the things that have evolved is would be things such as sustainability procurement. In terms of procuring, we make sure that uh, basically in data centers, it's a very, very capital intensive business. We do a lot of construction. We do a lot of high value equipment purchase. So again, being mindful of ESG, we now incorporate the ESG element in terms of selecting like-minded suppliers, all right? When we profile suppliers in our supply chain. And of course, greater emphasis in terms of like reviewing what our supplier's ESG policy is as well. So I think to really summarize, I think your question is, is spot on, right? I think to me, I think CFO in many aspects and finance plays an integral role in developing the ESG story, all right? And drive success from the onset of developing the strategy, translating that to be uh, execution goals, as well as reporting our KPIs and risk reporting to stakeholders. From my understanding, ESG is still relatively new in the context of the finance function and the roles of the CFO over the last few years, which has changed with digital transformation. A CFO like yourself is now viewed as a strategist, tactician, somebody who understands the entire yeah. business's operation, all that. Specific to ESG, how should the CFO and the team, the finance team, prepare for the execution or the planning development of these ESG initiatives? Where should they start and what do they need to know? So I think as a CFO, being a key stakeholder and understanding clearly your business model, I think what should be done from the onset is very clearly evaluate and assess what should be the top of our ESG agenda. It is a buzzword. It is broad. So I think being very clear in terms of like how your business is impacting the ESG issues that the world is facing. In the context of STT GDC, which is in the data center business where power consumption is high, while we recognize our role as an enabler of digital infrastructure, we are also cognizant of the fact that climate change has also further underscored the need to optimize our energy efficiency, right? Source our energy responsibly and minimize our resource usage. And I think with that clear objective, that's how we started our journey. For that, we have chosen the United Nations Sustainability Development Goals, which uh, UN SDG in short, as a framework to guide our thinking. 
I personally felt that that was a very useful framework. Take for example, under the E of the ESG, the environment goal, using that framework, we very much uh, be able to distill it down into what are the uh, material topics and then build it down into very specific action. Right. Let me give you an example. So in terms of the environmental goals, our vision is really to talk about being carbon neutral by year 2030. In terms of the ambition, the three material topics that we built up using that framework was number one, use of renewable energy. And the target that we set was today, we are already at 44%, but the ambitious goal is to get to 60% by 2025. The second one that we built out as part of the material topics to achieve that is a reduction in carbon intensity. So this is a very common matrix. Uh, essentially, is to look at your greenhouse carbon emission divided by your revenue. So for every million of revenue that you generate? What kind of uh, pollution do you emit? So the lower, the better. So again, with that, we built a target of a 25% reduction by 2026. And the last one, essentially a 10% reduction in what we call power usage efficiency by 2025. This again is a very common matrix that a lot of data centers players use. Essentially is for every one kilowatt of power needed to generate your client server, how much do you need to pull from the grid. So the lower, the better. For that, right now, we boast of a, you know, building our data centers to be 1.3, which is very, very low, especially in a hot climate like Singapore. So the bold target there is to make sure that we continue to design, we continue to build in infrastructure to achieve a 10% reduction. That's like a very methodical way of building that framework. And with that clear KPI, then you can build your specific actions. I talk about how do we get to a 60% carbon-free energy by 2025. A case in point is with that, in India, for example, which we are today already a leading player among the data centers player, whereby we are already using carbon-free energy, right, of about 33% in India. And for that, we have recently signed a captive structure with Avada Energy to source green power. So that in itself is talking about an annual reduction of close to about 500 tons. And I think in a layman term, it translates to like equivalent to 90,000 passenger vehicles emission in that sense, which is a bit win for us, right? A second a specific example, plus action that we did, again, making sure that you are staying very close to what's happening on the market because it's developing very quickly. In Singapore, there is a platform called Climate Impact X, which is launched as a global exchange and marketplace for high quality carbon credits. So it's being curated in terms of like making sure that the carbon offsets are of good quality and this is being managed by DBS, Singapore Stock Exchange, Standard Chartered Bank and Temasek. And STTGDC was invited as one of the two pioneering companies to participate in this inaugural auction. So we were successful in auctioning for a portfolio of high quality carbon credits and again from a carbon offset perspective it resulted in 25,000 tons uh, offset for Singapore which is about 15% of our uh, footprint in Singapore. And again that translate from a layman terms about 7,000 passengers cars in Singapore, right? Which is, uh, again, things that are basically making sure that you build with big goals, translating to KPIs, and then build out the um, specific action to address each and every one of them. Should companies integrate their ESG reporting with their financial reporting and, and how? 
Alan, the quick answer would be yes. The landscape has evolved very quickly in recent years with ESG reporting transition from a voluntary basis to mandatory. First of all, let's look at what ESG reporting is, how different it is from a financial reporting. Yeah, Essentially, it's talking about disclosure of uh, data that covers a company's operation in three areas. ESG, essentially environmental, your social and corporate governance. It provides a snapshot of your business impact in each of these three areas. Uh, I think the key here is making sure that you consider your impact on sustainability issues and then be very transparent about the risk and opportunity that you face. So within the industry, case in point, uh, like you see in Singapore, there are a lot of guidelines that's currently being published. Singapore Stock Exchange published the Sustainability Reporting Guide. In uh, seven months ago, IFRS Foundation trustees announced a creation of a new standard setting body called International Sustainability Standard Boards, ISSB. And just four months ago, ISSB released two proposals in getting public comments about general disclosure requirements and climate-related disclosure. So all in all, I think my message here is that it is coming, all right? So the quicker you get yourself ready, the better it is. So from STT GDC perspective, we have already incorporated the ESG matrix within our annual financial reporting. And it goes beyond just financial reporting of the matrix, but also more important, address the risk concern, right, which is a key function of finance. Yeah, Ella, I'm sure you read about how some of the intense summer heat uh, that is currently happening in London, where it has severely impacted some of the corporate data centers, where they have resorted into hosting down their chillers with water, right? So this is a, a good example of, you know, climate impact that can actually bring down your very critical infrastructure. For us, it is part of our enterprise risk management framework, ERM, to which we evaluated what are the key ESG matters, and that's presented to our audit committee and our risk committee as well. Some other example, again, it is important that you view this to be a report needs to be validated. So how we do financial audit, we are doing the same for our ESG as well. We are going to be releasing our FY20 annual ESG report very soon. And this time round, we have taken an additional step to get a third-party company to review our data and provide partial assurance on it. So I think bottom line, this is really to create a greater comfort, not just to ourselves, but to stakeholders who are reviewing our ESG performance. Go so ahead. I think it, just to wrap it up, it, it is uh, the landscape has evolved very quickly, right, for, from uh, being voluntary to mandatory. So I think the sooner you build up your reporting capability, your data library, the better you are to meet up to a more stringent requirements to come in future. So as a CFO, what do you think are the maybe one or two or three major challenges that they face in helping drive your organization's ESG commitments? And yeah, great question, Alan. I think everything will come with a cost, right? So I think top on the list will be there is always a cost element of it. And I think to that, you know, the benefits of incorporating ESG may not necessarily result in an immediate benefit, right? So it is important that you balance that uh, short-term view and a long-term view. Yeah, so companies who are looking at short-term return will often be inclined not to invest in ESG agenda. And uh, I think the way that uh, I will encourage you know, CFs to look at it is really to realize 
allocate, reprioritize limited resources. And you'll be surprised, right? Some, it may not often be more costly. Uh, a case in point, if you look at, say, in India, the cost of renewable energy is actually 10 to 20% cheaper than if you get it from the grid. And I think look at some of the things that uh, Singapore is going to be uh, leveling in terms of carbon tax, right? It will come. So today we are paying about $5 per ton, you know, for every greenhouse gas emission. But starting 2024, 2025, this is going to be 5x very quickly. Again, I think it is casting that view from a short term to a long term. And I think the other challenge beside cost is, I would say, a lack of historical and comparable ESG data. The journey is, is just starting. Yeah, so sometimes it is a challenge to really select the right uh, KPIs and then basically building your data libraries, right, to make sure that your baseline is correct and the measurement forward makes sense. The third one, I would say from a from a challenge perspective, I, I spoke about how the ESG reporting and standards are evolving. Yes, there are a myriad of standards out there, the GRI, the EU taxonomy, you know, so it is a lot. I think it's very important that uh, you continue to stay very close, you know, speak to the auditors, distill the noise down to what are the one that really matters to you. So how can technology help CFOs fulfill their expanded role where ESG is concerned? Yeah, I think we use technology to make sure that you create a very clear data views in terms of like, and in our case, right, uh, power and water usage. So we use uh, technology to create the right database to measure our efficiencies. And that forms the audit trail that I talk about in having third-party audit and validation. We have also engaged a third-party to set a sign-based target, develop our carbonization roadmap, and of course, create our data libraries. In STT GDC, we are based basically harmonizing our uh, SAP. And as part of that design phase, we are also incorporating some of this ESG matrix to help us right, do our job more seamlessly and uh, more effectively. But I think um, technology is cuts beyond just reporting, right? Uh, and I think the main point here is the low carbon solution is developing very quickly, right? So I think as a CFO, you need to be clear what you're paying for and be clear in terms of what the benefit that you are signing up for. You know, to me, uh, I think if, if technology is being harnessed correctly, you can actually see a return on your investment. And I think case in point, uh, STT GDC very recently uh, partnered with uh, Lindy, YTL, Power Saraya, and data centers on a clean hydrogen energy proof of concept. Uh, the other one that we are working very closely with Schneider Electric Isotope is actually create, uh, conducting a immersion liquid cooling proof of concept. Yeah, so these are all technology that are essentially quickly making ESG solution cheaper and more available for our industry. Now, I understand that STT GDC is planning to roll out a new data center in Seoul, Korea. Uh, as STT GDC CFO, how do you balance the desires of the business for growth versus ESG targets that uh, in some ways are revolving because of regulations and frameworks being set for the industry? Yeah, great question, Alan. So SCT GDC is in a hyper growth mode. You know, we have, uh, like you mentioned, you know, building our data centers in Seoul. And beyond just Seoul, over the last two years, we have uh, also gone into several new markets, right? Uh, such as uh, Indonesia, Japan, and Philippines. So I think the challenge here in terms of like, how do you make sure that the ESG agenda is still in the forefront of new market expansion? And I think a few things that uh, we do is essentially to make sure that from a 
procurement standpoint, right, we committed that all our new data centers will uh, carbon neutral. That starts from the onset of design phase all the way down to the procuring part, making sure that your equipments are power efficient. And of course, you can rely on uh, green certification. So all our buildings are certified green, right, in that sense. And of course, a key part of propelling your growth is having the right capital. So I talk about the very recent effort that we have uh, launched in terms of uh, having the sustainability link financing framework. So that was like for that, right? Be able to avail your financing to key stakeholders to partake in your green. So I think with that uh, framework, it allows us to procure uh, financing for the green project financing that we have recently did in our London business. And we are, you know, you also allow us to look at sustainability link bonds for the matter. Nelson, thank you very much for joining us on Podchats for Future CFO. Thank you very much, Alan. That was Nelson Lim, Group CFO, ST Telemedia Global Data Centers, on the topic of how STT GDC is driving ESG. You are listening in the Podchats for Future CFO. As always, if you have a topic you'd like us to cover on this channel, simply email us at editors at society.com. We'd also like to invite you to sign up for our free weekly newsletter so you won't miss an episode of Podchats for Future CFO. In the meantime, stay safe, have a great day, and see you on the next episode of Podchats for Future CFO. Bye for now. Thank you.